Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey there, in the name of Daniel here, this podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. What's up, awesome people? I love y'all and talking with y'all every week, it just doesn't get tiring. I'm so thankful for this week. I'm so thankful you've joined me, MMA McDaniel, on the Have You Heard podcast where we are talking about the pressure of feeling as though you have to prove yourself and what it looks like to walk in freedom from that and the beauty of learning to work well versus exhausting yourself through having a mentality that that's what working hard looks like. And we are talking about this with the incredible Jordan Lee Dooley. So friends, I'm actually really, really excited. So faith comes by hearing, grab your headphones and let's get into the word. podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. I feel like we've been talking about doing this for a couple of months now. I'm so glad we finally got to, got to sit down and I'm excited to chat. Yeah, me too. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Friends, if y'all did not know this, like Jordan is someone who we've had maybe two or three conversations in person, but I have been so blessed just in my own walk with the Lord and in learning how to steward what he's entrusted to me better through learning from her. So this is like a personal treat for me too, getting to have her on. But I wanted to start off just by acknowledging one that you are like you have a podcast, you have mentorship program, you have a book that you've written, you have clothing line that you've created you're investing into people and you like not only speak about like like so many things just in regard to the word of God but you from the word of God is your foundation you speak into what it looks like to dream and run a business and just into the lives of women who have so many things on their heart that they desire to do and so I want to like start off by just asking like how did you get to where you are and how did you come to be about what you're about and with this love for God and this overflow of investing into the lives of so many women in so many different areas of their life. Yeah. First of all, thank you for saying that. That's so kind. Um, you know, 
I started very similar around the same age, maybe a little later in life than you did, but I was in college. I was early on trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. I think as most of us do. And I actually started with an Etsy store. So I didn't really plan on, you know, speaking or writing or doing anything. I didn't ever, and I didn't even know what a podcast was at that point. Um, but I was looking for something creative that I could do alongside my schoolwork. I wasn't sure I was very excited about the career path that I was pursuing. And so mm-hmm. Um, my husband now at the time he was just some, he was my boyfriend. He wasn't my husband yet, but he and I were dating and he noticed that I had this skill for, you know, like drawing, lettering, creating these designs out of Bible verses and phrases and quotes and things that I really felt like touched me. And so he said, Hey, you know, you're pretty good at that. You should start an Etsy store, which at first I was like for a college football player, it's pretty impressive that you know what an Etsy store is. Wait, but that's very true. Yeah, I, was like, that's <laughs> I am impressed actually. <laughs> So anyways, he made that recommendation and I was like, well, maybe. And I kind of thought about it for a little while. I would design some things that my you know, mom's friends would buy or sorority sisters, sis, older sisters would buy for their weddings or things like that. And eventually I decided to put it online on Etsy. Long story short, that ended up kind of slowly growing. I made a social media page for it. And then I would start writing stories and captions and um, put encouragement under those product pictures and eventually shared more like of my own life and just made it more of this page where I was writing a lot. And it was called Soul Scripts. And that eventually led to just a variety of different things that led to starting a clothing uh, line with a phrase that we had um, that I come up with that people just loved. And so we turned that into a a sweatshirt and t-shirt line. And then it eventually led to opportunities to speak on college campuses. So I'd go back and I graduated and got married at that point. So yeah, yeah. so I'd go speak to sorority girls and I would go speak to teams and then eventually church conferences. And it was just getting more and more opportunities to speak. And then that led to an opportunity to publish. I had written, like self-published a couple of devotionals. So all of that said, that was kind of like the the first year or two of the journey. And then from there, it just snowballed into publishing and podcasting and speaking and, you know, building other business ventures alongside of those things. Alongside of my Etsy store, I was also doing a photography business just to support my income as we had just gotten married. So we, you know, we're very entrepreneurial, but also very ministry minded through the process of all of that. So that was kind of how it started. And then as that grew and grew, I got busier and busier. I launched my first book in the spring of 2019. And um, that ended up being go get it. it was just, <laughs> it was just like such a fun experience. I got to go on a nationally a national book tour, just loved it every, every moment of it, but I was so exhausted because it was so tiring. Um, yeah. But anyway, so did a lot of things. And I realized actually like, this kind of came to me recently So all of that happened between the ages of like 20, 21 through 24, almost 25. So in about four and a half years, um, all of that kind of took off and happened. And, you know, when I'm in my early twenties, I was like, yeah, let's go take on the world. Let's go speak at every event. Let's go to every, let's do everything we can. And so I was recently reflecting on this. I was like, wow, like by the time I turned 25, I had written a national bestselling book. I had built a six and seven figure company. I had been on a 30 under 30 list. I had spoken in all of these different places. God had just opened all of these doors and allowed me to do some incredible things and open doors that I couldn't have opened for myself. He mm-hmm. built, he helped me have an online community and just really things took off. And I was so thankful for that. Yeah. But I also look back at that time and I'm like, you know, so many of those things, as awesome as they were, like those are things that we would often look at on paper and say like, that's success, right? Like that's so successful. Mm-hmm. Like you've arrived. Years. Right. Like you have made yeah. it. Right. And I, and I kind of felt like some, like not intentionally, but I just felt like so satisfied with where I had gotten to my career before I was even 25 years old. Yeah. And, um, I had done a lot of the things that I always, or not that I was, but that many people would dream of doing and that I'd even started to dream of doing. It just happened so quickly. 
And then what was crazy is when I was 25, my world kind of flipped upside down. I had some really hard things that happened in my personal life that really started to shift my perspective and it affected mm-hmm. both my health and my family. And so I started to kind of go on this journey of like trying to dig into where's this coming from? Could I, you know, what could be going on? And I found some really, I uncovered some really interesting things when it came to my health that I think I had probably some symptoms of, like I was struggling with cystic acne for years as an adult. And I was, mm-hmm. you know, often really tired or fatigued. And I thought, oh, it's just because I'm busy, you know, oh, it's just normal. It just happens. Like I just kind of would brush those little smoke signals off. They sometimes say like your body first, it whispers to you, then it speaks to you and then it screams at you. And so I was still kind of in that like whisper Mm -hmm. phase until I hit 25 and my body started screaming at me and it was like, we are not okay. Things are not okay. Um, So that was when I started to uncover like, oh, I have pretty severe adrenal fatigue and my hormones are really imbalanced and I've got maybe the start of some autoimmune going on. And I started to uncover different things that really, I wasn't supporting. And I I wasn't really Mm -hmm. that surprised when they were there because I looked at my lifestyle from the four or five years prior. And it was one of so much hustle. It was one of so much just getting to the next level and doing the next thing. And what's interesting about that is, yeah. And and a part of me wanted to do that because I wanted to try to see if I could do it. And I wanted to reach the next level. That's what we're told to do. Right. So from a worldly sense, there was that element of achievement from like the Mm -hmm. heart posture of like, but I also want to like spread God's, you know, the good news of Jesus. I want to make an impact on people. There was also this ministry side of it, which can get really blurry because I thought I was like doing the Lord's work. Right. It's like, it's, Mm, it's so hard to tell the difference between when am I being servant hearted and like making an impact and doing good things versus when do I need to draw the line and like, take care of my health and have boundaries and everything else. And so anyways, I kind of started to uncover Mm -hmm. those things. Once I hit that kind of low point when I was 25, spent a year or two, about a year and a half healing a lot of things that, and undoing a lot of habits that I had, like I wasn't getting enough sleep and I was living on caffeine and I was, you know, really living this unsustainable lifestyle. I wasn't really nourishing myself with enough calories or healthy food. And there were just a lot of things that I had just gotten used to because I was living so on the go 24 seven that my body was saying, Hey, this is catching up to you. Like we can't do this forever. Mm -hmm. And so I made a lot of lifestyle shifts. I tried to peel back on work a little bit. I tried to draw some more boundaries on how often I was on my devices. I tried to focus on nourishing my body. I focused on working with some healthcare practitioners and slowly started to heal and repair and nourish my body to a place of thriving and health again, but it didn't happen overnight. So now I'm at this place where I'm like, wow, like on paper, at one point I had everything that would be considered successful, like making it. Yeah. Well, a lot of people in our culture dream of. Oh, exactly. Totally. And and I don't regret any of that. Like I'm so thankful for it. But at the same time, it made me really, I guess the point of what I'm saying is after I had that experience and really started to uncover these things after my 25th birthday, um, it really made me have to redefine what is success truly mean? Like, what does Mm -hmm. that really look like? And what am I really here to do? And what do I value? You know, so I think sometimes as Christians, we hesitate to ask the question, what do I want? Because, because we think that means like materialistic things like, oh, I want a Lamborghini. We shouldn't Mm -hmm. worry about that. Like we should worry about what God wants. It's like, yes, absolutely. But I love my, my husband and I's verse when we were dating was Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And I think a lot of times we read that out of context and we think, well, if I delight myself in the Lord, like he'll give me what I want. What it means, like the more you delight yourself in the Lord, the more your desires for your life become and look a lot more like his desires for your life. And, yeah, and, you start. Absolutely. and so 
understanding that, you know, it's like asking like, what do I actually value? It's not saying, what do I value instead of what God values for me? But it's saying like, what is, what does God want for my life? And therefore, Mm -hmm. like I can ask that question of like, well, what's going to allow me to thrive? What do I value? What am I, what do I care about? And asking that question and redefining what is success really? Is it really having all these accolades? Is it really achieving all these things before I turn 30? Or is it, thriving and being healthy and having a healthy marriage and family and starting with my ministry in my home. And then, you know, so it it really pivoted my entire perspective. And now my entire focus is how do I still build dreams and do the things that I believe I'm called to do in a sustainable way. And in a way that really prioritizes health and well-being from a spiritual perspective, from a mental perspective, and from an emotional and physical perspective too. Wow. There's so much I want to unpack that you just went into. You shared that so eloquently and also so um, just transparently. So thank you for that. I was listening to a podcast recently. Um, I can't remember who was on it. It was Jenny Allen's podcast. She was interviewing someone and he said that leaders like should always inquire of the Lord. Like leaders should be in the habit of saying, God, what do you think about this? And it just made me think about like I thought about that whenever you had just said that like okay as I delight myself in the Lord my desires are going to begin to align with his and what he wants for me and what brings him glory and like how sweet would it be to like create this conversation with God of like what desires have you put on my heart like what what are the things that you knit within me to to go after and to be passionate about and to enjoy and to want because like how sweet we always try to figure that out on our own, yet we fail to go to our creator to see what did you actually create me to desire? And so I just love that you said that. Something else too is I love um, a couple things about the fact that our bodies are so, our bodies fascinate me so much. Like I geek out over how God knit us together and how our bodies are like intentionally wired to be healthy, mm-hmm. to work well, to, mm-hmm. to be just energized and efficient. And it's just so cool that like your body was sending you signals of like, Hey, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey. And I think even sometimes I know I felt this way. Like if I've ever felt anxious or if I've like, if I've ever had this feeling that was uncomfortable or heavy or just did not feel good, I would feel ashamed. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. no, like I'm supposed to have it all together. I'm supposed to like, I'm supposed to be happy or I'm supposed to like be in good shape. And the fact that I feel this way, I'm just ashamed by it. And I don't know what to do with it. When instead how sweet of a shift it would be to say, God, thank you for giving me a body that works and is letting me know that there's something deeper that I need to be curious about. I need to address. I need to acknowledge and ask questions to. And I'm just, I hope people listening are encouraged by you to know that like, if there is like health things that are a little off to not Mm -hmm. be ashamed by that, but Mm -hmm. to say, wow, okay, my body obviously works Mm -hmm. and wants to be healthy. And it's letting me know that something needs to change. Yeah. And your like your humility. I think that just really screams humility to say, yep, I do need to make some adjustments. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just really, really cool to me. Yeah. You know, well, thank you. And I, I, you know, I think we are so afraid to course correct sometimes because that often admits with saying like, okay, I wasn't doing it in the healthiest way, or I wasn't doing it in Mm -hmm. a way that works, or I wasn't doing it the right way at all, you know? And I think it often starts with acknowledging like, 
okay, I can acknowledge where maybe aspects of what I was doing was good, but maybe this over here needed to change Mm -hmm. and course correcting in that way. It does take a little bit of ownership to do, but it's also such an empowering and life-giving thing. And I think especially as believers, sometimes we can honestly like mistake something that is that we think is holy, but we like something that's really unhealthy, like working ourselves into the ground or just saying yes to everything because we want to serve people. Like we think that that's the holy thing to do, but it's actually the unhealthy thing to do. Mm. And being able to recognize the difference is so key. Like I even look at Jesus and his example of like, he would go away by himself. He rested. He yeah. like ate with his disciples. He didn't, he wasn't, was he available to people? Yes. Did he make a difference? Of course. But I think, you know, we, I just always look at Jesus and I'm like, he had boundaries. Like he had time for himself. Like mm-hmm. that didn't make him any less holy or any less like, you know, it, it powerful or any less of a savior, you know? And so it's like, and we, who are not saviors of anyone, we almost need to release that burden to be the savior of everyone. And we also need mm-hmm. to identify we're, we're like consistently every time we're faced with a commitment or a possible commitment or an opportunity, we need to say like, yeah, like it may look holy on the surface or maybe a ministry opportunity, but is that going to create more holiness in me or is that going to be unhealthy for me? And is that going to wear me out to the point where I'm not actually growing in holiness and I'm not actually thriving? Because I think that's really, really important. And our bodies, mm-hmm. like you said, are designed to operate the way our creator made them to, which means we need to give them what he designed them to need, like nourishment, yeah. like rest, like like peace and like naps. And, and these things <laughs> that like may not seem so holy. I actually, um, my husband's, team chaplain from football when he played football in college he married us and he would always say sometimes like the holiest thing you can do is just take a nap you know and it's like it's true and I think we don't give ourselves that permission enough you know so anyway I just think my best encouragement when you're like noticing those things and shame comes up or whatever and you're already feeling like I'm noticing these smoke signals or these ways that my body is whispering to me and giving me signs and then you're simultaneously also just faced with life and real opportunities or potential commitments like ask yourself Mm -hmm. like it looks holy, but is it, is it actually healthy in this season? And maybe something I could do in a year or in six months, but sometimes it takes like really making some hard judgment calls and being willing to say no for the longevity of your, of your health and well-being too. I love, I love that so much. Like to, when offered an opportunity to say yes or no to something, asking yourself, is this like, is like, is this going to play a role in me growing more in the likeness of Christ? Is this mm-hmm. going to help me grow in holiness? That's mm-hmm. such a good question <laughs> to ask. Well, and, and that's, the, I think that's part of it, but it's the second part of it is holiness isn't just the spiritual aspect of it, right? Because if it's going to mm-hmm. help me grow, if it's something that will help me grow spiritually, but it's going to drain me physically because I'm so overcommitted and I'm going to get no sleep or I'm going to, you know, whatever, then it's like, okay, maybe then you have to make that, you have to weigh that, right? You have to yeah. say like, well, yes. Is there such things as sacrifice and fasting and certain things? Of course. But if it's like, I have been operating on all cylinders for the last eight months straight, and I haven't really taken a break, adding something else to my plate that may look like it's going to help me grow spiritually is actually going to drain me. And if I'm drained physically, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to receive that and truly grow in it. So maybe it isn't the healthiest thing. So yes, it's like, how does it make me look more like Christ? physically and spiritually like it's it's kind of both both of those practices yeah that's really really good do you think in the means of those years saying yes to these different things was there ever a motive of like wanting to prove yourself or maybe not a motive but this pressure that you had to prove yourself to people or even to yourself that's a really good question I think at different times there's definitely that like 
well, you know, um, I want to prove to myself that I can do this big event. Like I can speak in front of a thousand people or whatever. And it's, it's subtle, you know, you don't like consciously think that. Um, Mm -hmm. But if I look back and I peel back some layers, I think there was definitely elements of that along the way. I think there's other times where, you know, I felt like I had to prove that, you know, I like, I had to prove that I was strong in my faith. There were times I felt like I had to prove that because Mm -hmm. when you're, when your faith is on display for the world to see as much as that's a gift and such a, like a privilege to be entrusted with at times, it's almost like I can't struggle. I can't doubt, right? Like you can sometimes yeah. feel that way if you are, and I think no matter what your influence level is, whether it's you're like an Emma's position and you have a podcast or you're speaking on stages or you just lead a small group or you're the only believer in your class or in your community, you know, it's like that pressure can be like, I can't struggle. Like I need to prove that I, that I'm strong and that I've got it together and that, you know, and so it's so subtle. I don't think we, I think we logically know that that's not necessary, but, mm-hmm. but subconsciously, I think we begin to believe that. And so anyways, I think there's definitely been different elements of feeling like I needed to prove that I was strong in my faith or prove that I could, you know, get to the next level just to like challenge myself. I love to be my own best competitor, you know, but at the same time that can quickly lead to like overcommitting and burning out. So yeah, I definitely think that made its, made its appearance here and there throughout the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I've definitely, I've definitely been in that position too, where I had like so many different things on my plate that I, and I loved all of them. I cared about all of them and had the full intention to be fully present in all of them. But I found myself not being able to be like, give my wholehearted all in all of them because it would spread me so thin. And something Josh and I have been talking about recently is the importance of rest and actually how rest requires, I think just as much diligence and discipline as work does. Mm -hmm. As we've been talking in my leadership class at Liberty that like the Sabbath and to rest, it's actually a holy work. And to see that as just like, is just important. is such Mm a, honestly, a freeing thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. We actually, um, there's been different times in our marriage at just different seasons where we've actually done like full Sabbaths. Um, Mm -hmm. We try to do it as regularly as possible. Obviously some seasons are just more restful to where we don't necessarily have to set aside a specific time where we're like really disciplined with it because we have so much rest throughout the week. But most of our life is pretty busy. And so what we try to do is set aside time to actually Sabbath. I don't know if you've ever read um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, I want to read that so bad. That will literally outline how to do a Sabbath. And we we read that two years ago. And so that's kind of when we started this discipline. So every, we try to do it as consistently as possible, at least two to three times a month, but we aim for every week if possible. But we do, um, try to make it as much of a rhythm as possible. So on mm-hmm. for, on Saturday nights, like around like 7 p.m. to Sunday night at 7 p.m., we try to have no like social media, no email, no, no. Honestly, we like to put our phones in drawers unless we're like traveling and we need our phones for something. So yeah. we do that. And then we really try to use that time like, to, like even the day before, like on Friday and Saturday is when we like to try to do like as much housework as possible and running errands and stuff. So that during that time, we can go to church, go to lunch with friends, be in community, come home, mm-hmm. take a nap, go for a walk, uh, tend to our garden, read a book, like, t- you know, do things that are like, not they're active. Like, it's not like all we're doing is sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're doing things that are enjoyable and restful. And my husband might go like, he likes to go fishing. So he might go fishing or I might, um, like do something creative, but it's not for work. And there's just a window of time where it's like, we're disconnected from the world. We're not plugged in and we're truly just 
like almost enjoying it like a mini holiday. Like in that book they talk about, or um, John Mark Cromer talks about how a Sabbath can almost be like a mini weekly Christmas, like treat it like a holiday. You like make a big dinner the night that you start your Sabbath. And so we try to do a really special meal like once we shut our phones off. So we try to do that as regularly as possible. We're still not like perfect at it, but it's consistent. The goal is consistency, not legalism. And so we just try to do it as best we can. And Mm -hmm. it's such a like reset. I mean, it's literally like, the first half of the week after that, you work out of that rest. And then toward the end of the week, as you're getting t- like toward Friday, you're working toward that rest. And, 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 and it doesn't even feel like rest. It just feels like an enjoyable, like break, you know, it's not like this boring yeah. rest where all you do is stare at the ceiling. And so anyway, we've tried to implement that in our life and it's been such a gift in the times that we we've, we've done it really consistently. And um, I just recommend it to anyone. And sometimes, you know, not everyone can do like a full 24 hours or a full day, but it's like, great. Well, can you do four hours on a Sunday afternoon and start with that? You know, could you do six hours and just slowly build up? I think that's how you can really like ease into it. And you begin to crave it. Like you begin to desire it at yeah. first, like have no phone and no connection. You're like, what do I do? I'm not used to this. What do I do with my hands? Yeah, literally. But the more <laughs> that you do it, the more, um, just freeing it is. And the more you're mm-hmm. like, I, I actually desire that it becomes, I don't know if you've ever heard, but, um, I had a pastor's wife slash mentor slash friend. When I was talking to her about like struggling to get back in the word at one season of my life, she's like, you know, as with anything, whether it's eating healthier or Sabbathing or getting in the word or any of these spiritual disciplines, right. Mm-hmm. She was like the, the, at first it starts as a discipline, right? Like maybe it's getting up and going to the gym or getting up and reading the word or every Sunday, like turning your phone off or whatever. At first it starts as a discipline. It's just something you do because you committed to, but as you do it more and more and you start to feel good and you start to feel better and you see the the fruit of that and the, and the, like the, the joy of that, it starts to turn into a a desire. Like it becomes something you're like, I actually want to go work out because I feel good doing it. I want to eat healthy Mm because I love how I feel afterwards, or I want to get in the word or Sabbath because I love how I feel afterwards. She's like, so eventually it transitions from a a discipline to a desire. And then eventually it becomes a delight. It becomes something that you actually really embrace. And it's not even just something you kind of look forward to, but so anything that we do, whether that's Sabbathing or resting or any other of these spiritual and physical disciplines that so steward our body and the temple that that God gave us, it starts with a discipline almost always. And that isn't always fun, but if we can stick with it long enough, it starts to become a desire and it'll eventually become a delight. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by... about having clothes that are both comfy and cute and girlfriend collective makes their clothes in a way that makes you feel your best in it no matter what you're doing whether you're working out running day-to-day errands or you're just chilling at the house having a comfy day and their products are inclusive being for sizes extra extra small to 6xl and they're great for the planet being 100 recyclable which i think is pretty spectacular and for listeners of the show girlfriend collective is providing for first-time customers a 20 percent off of purchases a hundred dollars or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash emma that's 25 percent off of purchases one hundred dollars or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash emma that's girlfriend.com slash emma Being healthy 
healthy is so important, but a lot of times the means by which we get healthier is just being educated and aware of how our body works. And EverlyWell helps us do exactly that. They send tests such as thyroid tests, metabolism, stress and sleep, food sensitivity. They send these tests to your door. You take them and you send them back to their certified labs and in a matter of days you get your results back. And it helps you and equips you to be healthier. Me and Josh actually did the food sensitivity test and it was so mind-blowing that some foods I eat every day actually my body doesn't respond the best to and now because I'm aware I can be a healthier version of me and y'all for the listeners of this show Everly Well is providing a special offer with a discount of 20% off of an at-home lab test if you go to everlywell.com slash Emma that's everlywell.com slash Emma for 20% off of your own at-home lab test that's everlywell.com slash Emma. Man, that makes me think of this book. It's called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And Mm. I think it's by Donald S. Whitney. Mm. And he, like the main verse for like the whole book, I think it's 2 Timothy 4, 7. I may be a little off on that, but what it basically says is that we discipline for the purpose of godliness Mm. and how like, yes, it like whenever you think of something that you're wanting to grow in or something you want to, you're wanting to implement into your life and into your, like your new rhythm, like it can feel like just like a, okay, I have to do this. (laughs) But whenever you realize why, like you Mm. grasp the why behind the what that you're doing and you realize This and what Donald goes into is that like, I'm going to grow into intimacy with Christ and I'm going to grow into the likeness of Christ. And as you, and I truly believe that that's why you find delight in it is because as you're doing it in pursuit of holiness, in pursuit of the Lord, you realize like you're growing closer to God and you're becoming more in the likeness of Christ and more the original design of who God purposefully made you to be. And so Mm -hmm. it's hard to not delight in it. And Mm -hmm. that's just so beautiful. And it makes me think too of in Genesis, whenever the Lord, he, he worked on the world and everything in it and all the stars in the heavens and the fish in the sea. And he worked on making man his own image. Like you go through all six days and then he rested. Like he reflected on all the work that he did and he rested. And it's just so sweet to see that the Lord, this isn't just something that we made up, but like the Lord set the example of what this rest looks like. It's like a rhythmic pause, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. it's like the, it's like the, the rhythm that our souls were designed for, or otherwise Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have given us that example. Right. And so it's the more that you can rest rhythmically, whether that's on a Sunday or a Sabbath, like you can make it that formal, or as long as it's something that you're doing regularly, like maybe it's a Tuesday for you. I don't know. But my point is, I think the the key is that we are made for rhythmic rest, not just like sporadic, like whenever we can squeeze it in, right? And or Mm -hmm. or or vacations. Like vacations are fantastic, but those usually aren't rhythmic. They might be once a year or once every two years. And so if you're not resting along the way and and then you get to a vacation, they say it takes, I think, like, I think it's like three or eight days or something. There's a certain amount of days that it takes to actually like truly relax once you get into a vacation mode. So most Mm -hmm. of those days you're on vacation, you're still like unwinding rather and so understanding that. If you can give yourself this rhythmic pause in your like cycle, it's really almost a rejection of the constant pressure 
to prove, to show up, to hustle, to be available. Like, mm-hmm. and it's true. It's choosing to sit and be present. And it's, it's yeah. kind of like a rebellion against the worldly cultural norm of just chronic busyness. You know, I think so many mm-hmm. of our, even some of the health issues I mentioned to you, I think so many of the common health issues that we see, especially young women struggling with today, whether that's thyroid issues or skin issues or, you know, cycle issues or fatigue or all these other areas of our health that can really impact us. You know, I think a lot of that, of course, it may not only be caused by busyness and stress, but it certainly isn't helped by those things. And those, you know, yeah. that, that chronic, like just going and going. And when you're operating at a high level or a high fast pace like that, without intentionally saying, I'm going to rhythmically pause and say no and reject it, what can start to happen is then it starts to affect how we eat. We forget to eat. We forget to fuel ourselves with good food. We mm-hmm. grab something on the go and it's not nutritious, right? And, and next thing we know, we're deteriorating day after day, this design of that God built into the fabric of our souls and of our human like physical bodies too. And yeah. those things are so interconnected that we have to honor both. And I think that rhythmic, rhythmic pause helps us kind of get back in sync and give our bodies what it needs and our souls what they need. So it, it's yeah. like, they're so woven together so intricately. I think that's why that example was there. So the more regular you could be about it, I think the more effective rest really is. Mm, Jordan, I'm so encouraged by you. And I be- <laughs> and what's cool too is that like, it doesn't end with you, but it continues with you. Like this mm-hmm. decision to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and pursue holiness and, mm-hmm. and follow God's design for work mm-hmm. and rest mm-hmm. that not only impacts you, but have you noticed it change the way that you do invest into people face-to-face mm-hmm. and via oh, yeah. online and your mentorship program? How have you seen that affect your work world in the sense where a bunch of people see it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it's been really interesting because I actually ran this mentorship program a couple of years ago. It was pretty short. It wasn't too long before I hit my like pause moment and my turnaround where I realized things are not okay. But mm-hmm. it was about six months before that, that I ran the program and the program was so heavily focused on like your work, achieving a goal, going after it, how to do that, because that's how my brain works. I think of, you know, strategic ways to reach your goals, Yeah, which is great, but it's been interesting because I kind of, I didn't run the program. So I ran that two years ago. Then last year I didn't run it because the world was imploding. My life was imploding. Everything was a mess. And I was like, (laughs) I wanted to update it and make some changes, but I just didn't have the capacity to in that season. So I held on to it for a little while. So when I reopened it this year, it's been so cool because I was able to take a lot of the material. I, I removed some of it that felt overwhelming or that didn't feel necessary. I refined it a quite a bit based off the feedback I had from a couple of years ago. And it's, I guess what I'm trying to get at is now it's blossomed into this program that still has a focus on let's select the right goal or dream for you to pursue. Here's how we get clear on that. Because <clears throat> I think when we lack clarity, I think clarity is our greatest currency. And when we don't have clarity on where we're going or why, we begin to aimlessly like take on things. We begin to aimlessly say, yes, I'll do that. And yes, I'll do that. And I want to take on that. And before we know it, we're just stretched too thin. Right. So that's why I mm-hmm. really believe knowing what you value and where you're going is so critical. It's like step one to being able to be a good steward of the vessel and the soul that you've been given and the work you've been given. So we start with that. So there's still an emphasis on identifying the right goal and how to make a plan and achieve it. But there's a whole new layer in it that just bakes in like, how are we doing this in a way that is prioritizing your health and well-being? And if it compromises mm. your health and well-being, we've got to change it. We've either got to modify the timeline in which you want to achieve it. We've got to modify what the goal you're working toward is. We need to make sure that goal is in alignment with why you like with a clear why, a clear purpose, a clear mission from the Lord. Like it's just got this whole new level of focus on we're not just chasing dreams. Like I'm, I would love to, I'm going to help you chase your dreams. Sure. 
but I think there's a lot of that in the world. So it's like, let's pursue your dreams with a peaceful pursuit while prioritizing your health mm-hmm. and well-being. And that's such, I mean, there's some women in there where they'll get on and they'll ask me a question in the Q and a portion. And they explain to me their whole situation. I'm like, sister, I don't think you should go pursue some big professional goal right now. I think you need to pursue a rest goal. Let's make it a goal to sleep 200 hours in the next quarter or whatever. We come up with something really specific like that. And it's like freeing. It's like, oh, I don't always have to be achieving the next thing. Perhaps if Mm -hmm. I make it my goal for the next three months to really take care of this vessel that I've been given, I'll be so much more equipped in the next quarter to do that thing I really want to do. So it's just, it's interesting how my perspective and my even leadership in this whole area of helping women get clarity and pursue the goals and the dreams in their heart has changed entirely. That's so powerful. And whenever you're, whenever you're doing that, like seeking the Lord, wanting to be obedient to like where he's taking you, wanting to prioritize the things that need to be prioritized, your health and your well-being and, and holiness. And like, I think that that really helps too, whenever you go onto social media, because I think whenever you go onto social media, it's easy to see a lot of the great things that a lot of people are doing and like you don't sometimes we forget that like oh they're a person just like me who Mm -hmm. has day in and day out rhythms just like me but I think sometimes when we see all the things that other people are doing it's Mm -hmm. easy to perceive that as oh no I need to go achieve something else Mm -hmm. I need to have another box to check off so I feel like by intentionally prioritizing like what is healthy for me Mm-hmm. this season like mm-hmm. it helps you be confident to know like like I'm actually gonna celebrate the socks mm-hmm. off that girl's feet for mm-hmm. what she's doing because mm-hmm. she's obviously in a season where that's what she needs to be doing and God has given her the opportunities and the doors and the strength to do it and I'm gonna praise God that right now like success looks like re- resting for me yeah right now I think it just helps you have this contentment for where the Lord has you because it's easy to compare and lose sight of what actually is good for you it's so true I really think social media is such an amazing tool like I will never bash it however it can also the downside to it is that it almost is like a catalog of potentially like of other options and other things you could be doing that's constantly in your pocket or in your purse and Mm -hmm. so when we have this like we might say like, okay, I'm going to focus on this in this season. And this is what's right for me. And this is the next thing I need to pursue or the next career move I need to make or whatever it may be. And then we open social media and we see this constant catalog of like all these other things we could be doing. And what starts to happen is we get confused between what should I be doing and what could I be doing and what's right Mm -hmm. for me and what's, what's meant for me and what's meant for her and, or them, you know, there might be a group of people doing something that interests us. And so, um, yeah, I always say like, you know, you can, you, you can appreciate potential opportunities and even jot down, like, I might like to do something like that one day that really piques my interest. You might find a way to, you know, explore it in this season, mm-hmm. but to just feel like you, I think what can happen is if we're not clear, like I said, on what our goal is and what our message is and what our purpose is, it's so easy to just open that, you know, I, I sometimes compare social media to dating apps. I have nothing against dating apps. Maybe <laughs> I have literally nothing against it. So it's not like a negative thing, yeah. but I, I think sometimes where a lot of people feel frustrated with dating apps is like, they'll go on a date with somebody. It seems like it's great. And then they never hear from them again. And it's like, mm. why? Right. And I'm like, it may not be because of the dating app. It may be because that person is non-committal or scared of commitment or various other things. But I think what can make it hard is 
they've got this amazing person across the table from them, but they've also got a catalog of all these other potentially better options in their pocket. And so in Mm -hmm. some cases, again, I know plenty of people that have met their spouse on dating apps. So again, it's not like across the board of fact, but I think for some people, it can make it more challenging to constantly have this like, well, maybe there's someone better for me out there. Maybe there's someone that's prettier. Maybe there's someone that's funnier. And I think that can happen in the same way on social media if we're not using it in a healthy way. And it can be Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, that looks a little bit more interesting or that looks a little bit more fun or that looks cool. Let me try that. And we never feel satisfied with what the work we've been given to do right in front of us. And we've been asked to steward, even if it's an amazing thing to do or a really worthy thing, whether that's taking care of children or taking care of a home or running a podcast or showing up to be a nurse and take care of people. It just will never seem good enough because we're constantly being shown all these other potentially more interesting, better, cooler options that in reality aren't, they're not, and they might not even be meant for us. And so it's just, I kind of draw that comparison just to kind of make the point of like, sometimes we ghost the thing God, the things that God has put right in front of us to do in the name Mm -hmm. of like, maybe there's something better when in reality, there's the thing that he's given us to do right in front of us is usually what's meant for us, at least in this season. Yeah. Yeah. Man, friend, I know that a lot of, a lot of the people that are listening are high school, college, maybe about to be married or are married in that in that season and all, or in that stage where a lot of different seasons are taking place. And I know too, especially I've experienced just being a senior in college, a lot of questions that come up is what are your plans? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? How are you going to use this degree that you've just gotten? Like, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners probably either are having those questions asked to them or they are asking themselves those questions. And I love how you're talking about clarity, like having clarity for for where you would like to be and how it is that you would like that, how it is that you need to get there and inquiring of the Lord and then in doing that. I just practically, what advice do you have to those listening as to like, what does finding clarity look like? Like, of course, seeking the Lord and asking him, but also practically what, what, what steps can they take, um, in that? Yeah. You know, my best encouragement, I think it kind of varies by the age and the season that you're into, because when you're in Mm -hmm. high school and college and just in those discovery, you're just discovering who am I and what's, what's next for me. And so sometimes you don't have a lot of experiences to draw on to start kind of gathering that clarity that you might be able to draw at 27 or 28 or 30. And so what I recommend in, in that season of life, if you're just beginning is first try things give yourself a few years to try things because I think sometimes clarity comes from action, especially in that stage of your life. I mean, it always does, but especially in that stage of your life, I'm not saying try everything. I'm just saying, take the next step that's in front of you. And it may not seem like a job you're really excited about or something that you want to do forever, but you will gain something from it. I look at the first four or five years of my career when I graduated college. Now I'm in year five and those first four up until this past year, it was a lot of like trial and error. It was a lot of learning. It was a lot of understanding um, what came naturally to me, what didn't. And all of those things that I did, I mean, even photography, I did that for a year. I don't do that anymore, but it still serves what I do now. I still need to learn how to use a camera and use a camera for work. And so everything you do along the way will somehow inform the next step and there'll be stepping stones. So I guess Mm -hmm. my best encouragement when you are like 23 and under is don't worry about figuring out your whole life. Just worry about what can I do next that feels like the next right step and know that you're not stuck with it forever. You're not committed forever. And you're going to learn something that will create clarity for your next right step. And the first few years after college are usually 
learning years. They're usually time mm-hmm. for you to find what it is that's right. So take the pressure off yourself is the first thing that I would say. The second thing I would say is even if you're not in that stage, or if you're a little bit past that stage is again, you don't have to figure out your whole life. You just need to figure out what's next, what's right next for you, right? Like the next right thing. And so yeah. sometimes what that looks like is thinking ahead, but not too far ahead. A lot of times we're told, like, think about the vision for your life. And that feels massively overwhelming. It's like very intimidating. Yeah. So none of us know Mm -hmm. what we want out of our entire life, but what we can typically do is we can forecast about three to five years in the future. And we could say, where would I like to be in three to five years? And just create a very rough vision. We may say like, I'd like to be married and have a family by then, or I'd like to own my own first home, or I'd like to be doing, you know, pay off my student loans, like whatever, just start putting some things that in three to five years, I'd like to at least have some of these things, uh, you know, knocked off that are important to me that are allowing me to be a good steward that are values in my life. So first, like look ahead to the first, you know, the next three to five years. What's good about that is it's bigger picture, but it's not forever and everything. So it just helps Mm -hmm. you think a little bit outside of right now without getting too far ahead of yourself. So start there. And then reverse engineer and say, okay, if that's really where I want to be in the next three to five years, what should I prioritize in this season? And this is really key because especially once you're in your career and you're out of college and you're just trying to figure out like, okay, I've, I've tried some things. I've learned some things. Now what do I want to focus on? Um, Sometimes you have to ask yourself like, okay, based off of where I want to go, what should my priority in this season be? And I say priority singular because um, I call it a present priority. So if you decide like in five years, I want to pay off, I want to have, I want to have no consumer debt. I want to be like financially independent and you know, all of that. Then in this season, your priority may be like paying off a student, one of your student loans. Right. So then what, what that, what happens with that is it's not that you neglect all your other responsibilities or your other things, but you start to make career decisions and personal decisions that support that priority. You're still stewarding, you know, your home or your career or whatever else. But as you're making decisions, you go, is that going to help? Is that going to help support the priority I'm working toward? Or is it going to take away from it? So will that help you get clear on your dream and exactly what you want to do with your life? No, but it'll help move the needle one step at a time closer and closer to where you hope to go and in the, in the direction of things that you believe are valuable, that allow you to be the best steward. And that's how you can start making really intentional decisions about what's the next right step for me. Okay, based off of where I would like to be in five years, and that now informs what my priority should be in this season to move me closer to that, what's the next right step? Do I need to change jobs to make that possible? Do I need to, you know, add this new thing to my business that I've started? Do I need to scale back a little bit and take care of my health? Like everyone's going to have a different next right step. But the idea is think a little bit bigger picture, consider what your priority in this season should be to ultimately help support that bigger picture. And then yeah. based off that say, okay, then what do I need to do? What do I need to change about my work, about my career, et cetera, to make that possible? So, um, there's, I, I guess when I say clarity, it's more about clarity on what you value and what you're, where you're aiming. It's not like, mm-hmm. this is exactly where I want to end up. And I want to work for this company in this role and do this exact specific thing. Cause we don't know that only the Lord knows that. And I think that yeah. idea of like, we've we got hold to that loosely. Out. Yeah. yeah hold, that, hold those details loosely, but try to get clear on what you value so that you don't start saying yes to opportunities or careers or, you know, roles or positions or anything else that actually compromise what you really value just because you weren't clear on it until you got in it and you realize, oh my gosh, this is not what's right for me. So that's, that's what yeah. I think that's when I say clarity, that's the most important thing. Man, well, y'all, I'm, I know I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged just to like go and journal. I'm going to go and journal and ask the Lord, like, God, 
what is important to you? What have you placed within me that I'm actually really excited about? And I may not even know the words to put to it yet. And show me what needs to be prioritized in this season and give me vision for where Mm -hmm. it is you want me to go and how it is that you want me to prepare now. Like I'm, I'm just encouraged to go and pray and journal and, um, ask questions to my peers of what they see in my life and all those things. So I hope that y'all are too. And I, I know that I am blessed as I get to know you and learn from you. And I want everybody listening to be able to do the same. And so can you let people know how they can stay in touch with you, how they can um, just follow along in you just being who God made you to be and teaching people in the incredible authentic way that you do? Oh, thanks. Yes, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Jordan Lee Dooley. And then you can also, if you are into podcasts, which I assume if you're listening, you might be, I have a podcast called She, and we talk about all things womanhood from a very practical, practical, but also a biblical foundation. And so if you want to dig into more of the health stuff and more of the practical, like everyday living stuff, we've got a ton of workshop style podcast episodes over there. And my book is called Own Your Everyday. You can find that anywhere books are sold. Yes. Yes. And okay. This is a small little nugget before we close. I, last time we talked, I have never forgotten this. I thought it was so encouraging how, and and her podcast just exudes this. So you can talk about so many different topics and not have this fear that I'm not talking about. Oh no, like my podcast isn't like godly because I'm talking about business or my podcast isn't godly because I'm talking about casting vision or I'm talking about setting goals or I'm talking about health and well-being. And whenever you were talking to me, it was so encouraging because you said, no, like the foundation is the word of God. The foundation is love for God. The foundation is the glory of God. And if your life is surrendered to him, every aspect of it, mm-hmm. business, planning, mm-hmm. just health, well-being, rhythms, routines, it's going to be infiltrated by your love for God. And like, mm-hmm. it's going to exude the glory of God. And so I think that's also something really cool. You'll notice about her podcast is that she talks about so many things, but her love and her faith in the Lord is evident in all of it. Mm-hmm. So be encouraged in that too, as you're casting vision and thinking about like, what do I love? What do I want to do? Like, don't feel like, oh no, I'm not honoring God. If I want to go work in a hair salon, or if mm-hmm. I want to go yeah. and do fashion, or I want to go and be an artist, or I want to go and be a coach on a team, like whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And to be able to do that well too, as we've talked about, it's important to establish those rhythms and know that rest is just as important because um, it helps equip you to do the work well. Mm-hmm. I'm just very encouraged by you, friend. Um, thank yeah. you for tuning in. <laughs> Thanks for wow. having me. It's been so fun. I'm so thankful yeah. to be here. And I just, I hope this was encouraging. And I'm, yeah, just honored to get to be a part of your show. Oh, my heart. Guys, I love y'all so much. If you are watching on YouTube, be sure and give a thumbs up, subscribe, comment down below what your takeaway was and what topics you'd like to be touched on in the future. And if you are tuning in via Apple or Spotify or anywhere podcasts can be listened to, be sure and download, rate, review, and share it with your people. 
And you can follow me on um, Instagram at first Corinthians 13 underscore love. Also the have you heard podcast page. It's officially the have you heard podcast on Instagram. And also the MMA collection. We have just this past week launched the fall collection. And on Instagram, you can go to MMA collection um, to check out all of those incredible details and to get your merch. But I love y'all. I pray that the rest of your week is sweet. Go journal. Go reflect on all these good golden nuggets shared in today's podcast. I'll talk to y'all next week. I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.